Well, the recent snow across the state tells us a few things. It's time to put away the shorts and that cooperatives and egg associations must be gearing up for winter meetings. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. The Farm First Dairy Cooperative Appreciation Dinners will start in about a month across their seven-state footprint, and Farm First plans to take what they hear from producers to state and federal lawmakers. General Manager Jeff Lyon tells me what the cooperative is working on right now in terms of policy advocacy and what more he expects to hear from producers this winter. I would anticipate that a lot of the issues that we'll hear from them be the same ones that we've heard this last year. The concerns about, you know, the cost of production to produce milk, the input costs that they have, um, labor issues not only on the farm that they're uh, dealing with, but also uh, labor issues on with all the other businesses that uh, you know, they rely on it's, you know, milk haulers, you know, looking for drivers, it's dairy processing plants looking for workers, uh, those kinds of things that will be on their mind. And then obviously just the cost of, you know, repairs or new equipment or even being able to get that new equipment are, you know, really on uh, their minds. Obviously, you can always talk about uh, prices, but uh, we've had fairly good uh, milk prices. You know, they've, they've leveled off here a little bit lower, but uh, the cost of production have made it difficult, uh, you know, to be profitable whether it's labor, whether it's high input costs. Walk me through the action steps that Farm First takes as a cooperative. Who do you tell about these issues and when do we start seeing solutions? Well, obviously on the uh, labor side of things, I mean, a lot of them, you know, you're always going to direct them to your elected officials, whether they're at the state level or at the national level, you know, in, in, in talking about the concerns that you have uh, with uh, with labor issues, uh, you know, there's certain things that uh, you know government can do to you know try to encourage workers and or get workers, get people you know wanting to work. But you know, it, it really does come down to you know having having available people and in providing the the right incentives to to get people. So, you know, that's where you start. Um, but I think it's 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 partly due uh, you know like this last year you know working a lot of supply chain issues. You know, we worked with. Uh, the National Milk Producers Federation, which we're a member of, and worked with the Biden administration and worked with Congress to try to uh, uh, alleviate some of the supply chain issues. And a lot of it had to do, you know, just being able to move uh, cargo back and forth across Pacific Ocean. And then also just trying to get exports uh, going to make sure all those things continued. And uh, and that's where you're just, you know, working with, uh, like I said, the administration, regulatory agencies to try to put uh, things in place to help things move along. With the labor discussion, sometimes immigration is, is tied into that. Is that also something that Farm First is watching? Yes, we're uh, very supportive of the uh, ag uh, Labor uh, Workforce Act at the national level. We were able to get uh, passed in one house, uh, not in the other. I think midterm elections have kind of slowed uh, things down there, and that and that has to do with uh, immigrant labor. The the concern we have in the dairy industry, and there are programs to bring in seasonal workers, but there's nothing really in place to uh, for dairy farms which rely on year-round labor. So we've been supportive for years in trying to get uh, some solution. Uh, for uh, agriculture labor, for immigrant labor to come into the country, to be there for farmers, you know, whether they're dairy farmers or any other kind of agriculture. But it just seems like uh, that issue gets stalled. Uh, just It seems like uh, both uh, sides of the aisle like to use the, the immigration issue, you know, to their advantage, uh, you know, to get their uh, 
their supporters uh, all fired up, but we, we haven't been able to get anything uh, accomplished. And that's, that'd be, that'll be a goal that we're looking at here in 2023 because it certainly is an issue and we need to, to find a solution where you can come into this country, go through the proper processes, and be able to stay here and work. And I know there's other concerns that we have to deal with with some of the folks that want to come to this country, but we need to figure out a way that we can get people who want to come here and be productive citizens here to do work. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the midterm election. I want to bring everything back to the state of Wisconsin. I'm just curious, how do you feel about agriculture's voice and the state legislator? I think we have a a good voice. I think uh, the vast majority of uh, legislators know the importance of agriculture to the economy. Uh, but that's a continual battle to make sure that they uh, know about you know, what we do, whether it's on the farm, the production on the farm, and then how it gets processed, and then all the affiliate companies and just what we mean to the state's economy. You know, one time uh, years ago, we had a, you know, a large number of farmers in the legislature, and I think we're down to four or five now. It'd be great if we had some more farmers in there because I you know, recall that time uh, lobbying on uh, ag issues and when you had farmers there, you had tremendously uh, strong advocates. We still have a lot of good advocates within the legislature on rural and agriculture issues, but we'd always like to have a few more. We also have, uh, you know, it's probably been more than 20 years, uh, what we term as the Ag Coalition, where it's the trade associations, commodity groups, farm groups, all get together and, you know, assess various issues and uh, and really come as a united uh, voice. So that's been very beneficial to agriculture over the last couple, three decades uh, in getting together as a united front on agriculture. When you're in the tractor cab trying to wrap up the harvest, things are going to be so busy come Election Day, November 8th. Should farmers take the time to vote and why? Well, it's the one thing that we all can do. I mean, there's other ways, you know, people try to get involved, but the one thing we can do is vote. And uh, it's extremely important that we uh, get out there and vote this year because unless you've been uh, under a rock uh, here in the state of Wisconsin, you know that we have some extremely close uh, elections coming up, both at the state and at the uh, federal level. Obviously, our governor's race, uh, one of the most expensive, or right now the most expensive uh, race uh, in the country, and uh, the winner of that race will have a lot of de- to determine as to the direction we'll go on, not only ag policy, but all kind of policies. If uh, it stays uh, with Mr. Evers and he uh, is reelected, that will mean uh, one thing. And if Mr. Michaels uh, would be elected and, you know, we're going to have a Republican legislature both in the Senate and the Assembly, that could be a different direction for agriculture policy. And at the uh, federal level, with the race between uh, Senator Johnson and uh, Mandela Barnes, obviously that will have uh, consequences, you know, as to, you know, just the the makeup of the Senate and who has control of the Senate. We're talking about Wisconsin now, but you sit on a few national boards. You have a role in developing the national policy as well. Federal milk marketing orders, that's top of mind for the dairy industry. Paint the picture for us of what's happening now in terms of coming up with a solution. The idea to change or modernize milk marketing orders really came back, goes back to 2020 during the COVID uh, pandemic when we saw 
when everything closed down, we saw drastically uh, reduced milk prices, then they did rebound. But uh, some things within the orders, uh, it's called the class one mover, uh, it didn't operate as it should have. Uh, we got something uh, you know called negative uh, producer price differentials, which caused great concern. So that got uh, all dairy organizations uh, thinking about what can we do to modernize the federal milk marketing order system. And uh, National Milk Producers Federation, which I'm a member of, uh, just about a year ago uh, at the annual meeting, uh, our economic policy committee met, decided to put together a federal order task force. And we've been looking at those issues, you know, throughout uh, 2022 and uh, going through our process as a uh, trade association cooperatives uh, to figure out, uh, you know, what our position is going to be on the various issues within federal orders and what we can do to modernize them so they're much more beneficial to dairy farmers. There's not going to be a simple solution because every state may have a different solution and every cooperative may have their own stance on this too. That's one of the, the issues, not necessarily by state, but we have 11 federal milk marketing orders around the country. So the issues here in the upper Midwest are much different than when you're looking at the Southeast. Here in the upper Midwest, our milk primarily goes to uh, in making cheese, making hard product, where the southeast, it's a fluid. Uh, fluid. And the order's really put in place to provide incentives to uh, make sure to have milk move to the areas, you know, fluid milk to take care of those needs. And, you know, we really have a national program with regional differences. So we need to look at various issues here. And, and federal orders are very beneficial. And here in the upper Midwest, we need to... Uh, try to uh, put together and make changes, modernize, to make uh, sure there's incentives to uh, have uh, cheese plants, processors stay, you know, in the orders and not depool their milk and because uh, it, it can uh, disrupt the market. An ongoing conversation. When is this going to end? Is there is there a timeline uh, where a solution is to be had? Is it the 2023 Farm Bill or will that be too soon? Well, the federal orders are not part of the 2023 Farm Bill. That's a separate uh, thing that happens. And what will happen is uh, national milk producers, and there may be other groups, are going to come to, you know, they're going through their process right now to decide which direction they want to do. And then they will have to uh, uh, submit a petition to uh, the Department of US, USDA Department of Agriculture. They'll take a look at it and ask you know to grant a hearing. So it goes through a hearing process where various companies provide information as to why these changes are made, need to be made. It's a very long, drawn out process, and that's what I think probably you know makes uh, dairy farmers go crazy on it because it you can't uh, make the decision right away. So it'll be a long, drawn out process, but hopefully that petition will be. Uh, sent and put into USDA by the first of the year. Again, Jeff Lyon, along with us, General Manager of Farm First Dairy Cooperative. And as he said, the federal milk marketing order reform is a separate issue from the 2023 Farm Bill. But Jeff, can we take a look at that developing legislation, either with your various hats on or specifically with Farm First Dairy Cooperative? What are you hoping to come out of that bill? Well, as we go into 2023, uh, uh, Congress will be ramping up their discussions uh, for the 2023 Farm Bill. The last one was adopted in 2018. They've held, uh, Congress has held some a few hearings, some field hearings on the issues uh, with respect to dairy. 
I think the Dairy Margin Coverage Program, or DMC as it's referred to, has been a very beneficial program. We saw through COVID and in 2021 that the program worked very well. Farmers that voluntarily signed up for it saw some benefits in the fact that in this program, you know, works with the milk price and feed costs, and, and when those tighten up, it comes into play. And, uh, you know, farmers receive payments to help alleviate on some of those uh, tight margins. And, in fact, we just saw here in August, for August milk here in 2022, that farmers are going to receive $1.42, 100 weight there. And the thought is that there might be some more payments. USDA just announced that the sign-up for uh, 2023 is open right now, goes to December 7th. And we're encouraging all uh, farmers here in Wisconsin across our membership to enroll in the program. It's a very cost-effective insurance-type program that when margins do get tight, there might be something there for them. Other issues that we'll be uh, dealing with, um, legislation was passed that, you know, with billions of dollars, you know, to address the climate change issue. And obviously, that whole issue is going to fall on the backs of farmers you know, because they're the ones who have to do the conservation practices. And uh, I've been telling people or anyone who will listen that is we really need to make sure when they talk about these carbon trading or these other types of programs that the benefits really get uh, to our farmers. That'd be one issue. And then obviously uh, we've seen record uh, exports for dairy products and we need to continue to work to make sure that those markets stay open for us and work on getting trade agreements that are going to be favorable that we can uh, continue with exports. Uh, at World Dairy Expo, had a great presentation there, and it sounded like not just into next year, but foreseeable future, the United States has much more capability than some of the other exporting countries to fill the role of taking care of uh, people around the country and their needs for protein. Now, I want to bring this back full circle, Jeff, to winter meetings. Why is it important for your members to attend and to have their voices be heard? The meetings and the dinners that we're going to have, like I say, we're going to have a short program there, and it's just a great opportunity for us to reconnect and connect with our members, talk about the things we're doing for them, because they do get you know lost when they're busy uh, in harvest and everything else that's going on in their lives. And it's and it's, not, and it's a chance, too, to hear their ideas as well as to what we, they think we should be working on, what's important uh, to them. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's it's good. It's just good, too, uh, to network with, uh, you know, other farmers, you know, to be able to talk about what's going on and, and learn from each other. So, like I said, we're really encouraging our members to come out. Just like I said, a great opportunity to, you know, once harvest is done here, that's why they're in, you know, mid-November into December. Hopefully uh, weather will cooperate and everything will be done and that they can come and uh, enjoy, you know, being with us and, uh, like I said, and talking about the issues and and what we need to be doing to to benefit them into 2023 and the future. We're talking with Jeff Lyon, the general manager of Farm First Dairy Cooperative at their Madison offices. Again, their appreciation dinners will start mid-November. This is an opportunity for producers to let their concerns be heard and taken to state and federal lawmakers. Farm First Dairy Cooperative also has other policy discussions underway. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.